0: Hello! Welcome to the Sweet Tea Shakespeare Hours, where we spend time well by spending it together. We're so glad you're here. Sweet Tea Shakespeare is a theater and music company based in North Carolina that seeks to gather diverse communities around a common table to delight in story, song, and stagecraft. This podcast is kind of like our digital campfire, a place where we come together to share ideas and tell stories. Our podcast has four ways of gathering and sharing those ideas and stories. You're currently listening to The Cocktail Hours, Sweet Tea's very own virtual happy hour. This behind-the-scenes series features fun, casual chats between Sweet Tea friends about everything from Shakespeare characters to the worst wine in North Carolina. So go grab your favorite five o'clock drink and settle in. Things are about to get boozy. Hey, friends. Hello. Hello. How's it going?
1: It's going. <laughs> I'm in the hangover stage of, of the holiday weekend. I don't know about you. End yeah. of the semester. Yeah.
0: yeah.
2: Are y'all done?
1: Um, I'm, I actually am all done. I turned in my final grades today. Uh, and, uh, you know, so like my, my actual work is actually done for Yay. about eight weeks. That's so that's sweet. exciting. That's
0: very exciting. How does it feel?
1: Um, it doesn't feel like anything yet. I'm like in the uh, w- like the zombie phase, you know. Sure. Um, but uh, uh, maybe Thursday it will feel like something.
0: It'll, it'll settle in. Yeah. Yeah, I have a. I feel like November's been a very strange month um, because most of it seemed like it flew by. Like it's yeah, like I agree. it seems like yesterday it was Halloween. But then once Thanksgiving happened, now I feel like I can't believe it's still November. It's like yeah. time, time since Thanksgiving has like elongated now for me.
2: I just yeah, feel, I like feel like that. yesterday. I feel like yesterday was March.
0: <laughs> yeah.
1: We have tornadoes. We had tornadoes in our state today.
0: I saw yeah.
1: that. That was, uh, that was nutty. And it's, it's blowing like uh, like Wizard of Oz levels outside.
2: It's very cold. I mean, it's not even cold, but the wind is cold. It's going to drop, like, today it was, like, 70 degrees, and it's going to drop down to, like, the 20s overnight. I'm not looking forward to it.
0: Yeah, can we even use the adjective nutty to describe anything in 2020 anymore? I feel like it's lost all its meaning now.
2: It's just a whole bowl of nuts. Yeah. Like, it's it's that... That Christmas stocking that you got as a kid, and you're like, Ew, why? But it's all like the Brazilian nuts and the whatever the weird white nuts are.
0: Sorry to anyone out there who's Brazilian or enjoys macadamia.
2: I have nothing against Brazilians. Don't enjoy their nuts. Also, they're really hard to crack. And that's not what you want in your stocking.
0: No, when you're a kid, that's yeah, definitely not
2: when I'm. you're a kid. Sorry, my Santa, that one year. Don't know what Santa was thinking.
0: Um, So before we even started the call, we were laughing about how this is a cocktail hour. um, And today we're going to be talking about recipes for great plays, like what are the ingredients to a, a great cocktail of a story. And none of us are drinking cocktails. We've sort of failed our own premise today. I'm drinking water. Jesse's drinking ginger ale. Jeremy is drinking, I don't know, what, the blood of his enemies?
1: Um, the blood of my enemies. I've had I've had plenty of caffeine earlier in the day. But I'm doing just fine. Yeah. Um, and I will be drinking something warm before we begin rehearsal here in a bit. So, you know, I'll make it. Great. And and as far, like I have I have other kinds of cocktails in my bloodstream. They're all legal, but I have <laughs> cocktails in my bloodstream, and they're doing okay. That's what I would say. Fair enough. They're doing okay so
0: so i'm not sure how metaphorical we want to get with this um this this recipe for play idea like are we going to be using actual like food and beverage ingredients that remind us of things and then like make real cocktails or are we just talking about like the the kinds of themes that we would find in a great play
1: I can do both. I, I will say that unlike 90% of the cocktail hours that I've participated in before, I actually did prepare for this. Oh, great. I wouldn't say, I, I don't wanna oversell it, but I have—I I do actually have an answer for a cocktail uh, tied to at least two plays. So um, this the, the play should be uh, uh, self apparent. It is the Scottish play. And so you just take, you take the glass of scotch and you, you add bitters to it. If you've never had bitters before, you should get some. They're uh, really good. No. You get bitters and they actually, as it happens, there are blood orange bitters. So you get blood orange bitters and you add a little dash and you do your scotch and soda and you've got a cocktail that is thematically appropriate.
0: I like the inclusion of the soda because soda is carbonated, and I feel like you need something something bubbly mm. and or fruity to represent the humor in Mackers because that play is so fun.
1: Plus the 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 bubble, double, bubble. Double twirling, double yeah. bubbles
0: yeah
2: yeah absolutely
1: that's a good and one. if you serve it in a glass with a mirrored bottom, I mean I think you're you're all the way there.
2: Ooh, that would be fun. I've never seen a glass with a mirrored bottle. Neither have, have I. You?
1: I mean, we could, you know, we
2: could make one We special. can make our own glasses. Like, while we're dreaming. I mean, there are certain drinks that require certain glasses, so this could be one of them.
0: Yeah.
1: Could be. Mm-hmm.
0: I am not a fan of Scotch or Bitters, or the Playmackers, but that is a very good, that is a very, like, well-made cocktail and very, like, thematically resonant, so... Yeah,
1: 10 points to Jeremy. I I find that I I can drink scotch about three months out of the year. It has to be cold. Like the weather has to be cold. Mm -hmm. Uh, Because if you're going to imbibe smoke, like in North Carolina, you imbibe smoke all the time because like barbecue is all over the place. Sure, Uh,
2: And you imbibe it whether or not you desire to.
1: It's like (laughs) these tiny little windows. And like I've been to Scotland. I have had the scotch there. It makes sense because like the weather invites it. Yeah. And and so but but it does not make sense in in other places like it makes sense there. And so I can sort of justify it from about now until like mid February and then and then it's over. Sure. Then you're done. Scotch season is over. Um um, I like the Scottish play. Um so you know. eh.
0: Do you feel like there's a time of year to do the Scottish play? Like in the same way that there's a time of year to drink Scotch?
1: Um, I think it does better in the winter uh, for reasons I can't explain, Mm -hmm. but I, I, um, I did it in the summer in grad school. I directed two productions at the same time. That was a bad idea. Um, but I did it in the summer and, uh, it was, you know, it was okay. But, um, I think, I think the productions I've, I've seen and enjoyed most have of that show have been in the winter.
0: Mm Mm-hmm. What was the I was in the Winter. What was the other <laughs> play that you were directing alongside it?
1: No, I was directing two versions of the Scottish play. Oh. Oh. We like like well, it was for my it was for my MLIT thesis project.
0: Okay.
1: Uh, so I staged one like it was at the Globe and one like it was at the Blackfriars. <clears throat> and um we it was the same cast in both shows but they switched roles. Um and like I played Malcolm in one and Duncan in the other. And, uh, Rob Gibbs from, from, uh, after hours, he played Mac in one and I can't remember what he did in the other. And this is the famous production that caused me to believe in the curse because in that summer, um, and I think I've got my facts right here. Um, Rob, um, like shredded his ankle. He was working construction and he like stepped in a hole and he shredded his ankle, oh, no. um, in stage combat class with well it was overseen by like Doreen and JP at uh, in Stanton and he like tore his rotator cuff and mm. then later we were putting the set together and he was holding two pieces of wood together and I I accidentally drilled through his thumb um and that was not fun um and it it, it I know I have those facts right it may also be the case that he suffered a fairly significant family death in that period, but I have to I'd have to check with him if, if my time timeline is right. Anyway, uh, since that time, I, I have believed in the curse. Um, for reasons that I hope are now apparent.
0: Yikes. Yikes Yeah.
1: Wolf. Yeah. For sure.
0: Irrelevantly, Malcolm is my favorite character in Macker's by a country mile. I absolutely love Malcolm. I don't know what your cutting was like, so I don't know how much of him you kept because he's not particularly important plot but his scene with uh mcduff and then ross is one of my favorite scenes in shakespeare
1: it's great it's i so love good. it and mm-hmm. it's so hard it's a it's a tough nut to crack yeah um but as soon as you do it's like delightful
0: oh it's so it, it's so funny yeah i saw
1: so so you, you know one that
0: the national theater did with rory Kinnear. got one year two, two years ago now and um they like they they cut the malcolm scene to shreds because that production took itself so seriously that presumably they didn't have room for the the abject hilarity of malcolm's lust monologues but i was so i was so upset i was like you kept everything that was boring about this play and you cut the like the jewel that is that scene um because the way that scene veers from like perfect bonkers comedy into the like the tragedy of macduff finding out about his family like it's just To me, it's one of those hairpin turns that only Shakespeare could really accomplish.
1: For a long time, it was my favorite. Um, I I also have played the Scott himself in a production that was pretty fun here in town at the Gilbert Theater. That was a lot of fun. You know, Mm -hmm. it's it's maybe my favorite of those kinds of roles, you know, Mm -hmm. the Hamlets and the Lear's and the Iago's and and those kinds it's probably my favorite of those kinds
0: Mm. you know yeah I saw seven
1: I did see uh, several years ago I saw uh Ethan Hawke in the Lincoln Center production oh yeah and I liked it I think I liked it more than I was supposed to uh, (laughs) based on what I read and other people's reactions Mm. but I, I I had fun
2: have your own reaction Critics are just people, too.
1: hmm
0: That's a good one. What about you, Jesse? Do you have a, a play that you love and a cocktail to maybe accompany it?
2: Mm, I'm going to say I didn't do the homework.
0: <laughs> yeah, neither, neither did um, I. So yeah. we're in the same boat.
1: Mm. Speaking of boats, oh. I think a, a Curacao-based cocktail for The Tempest would be delightful.
2: I was just thinking about the Tempest, and I was like, you have to have, like, just some wonderful, fruity, islandic flavors going on there. Sure. Yes. I would like a coconut. Just the the coconut. (laughs) No, it definitely needs more than a coconut.
0: (laughs) I think if I was going to drink a cocktail it would be something from the comedies because I don't drink dark alcohol. I don't like rum or Scott or I mean, whiskey Um, and I like fruit a lot and I like citrus and those ingredients seem like they would be more comedy-esque. So even though the comedies are like the histories are my love in the, in terms of the types of plays that Shakespeare wrote. But I think if I was going to be drinking cocktails based on Shakespeare plays, I would like stick to the comedies genre where there's like, you know, peach and grapefruit and schnapps and tequila and <laughs> those kinds of things. Uh, like, I feel like a really a really blitzy, like, strawberry margarita with, like, a salt rim, you know, something just chaotic like that for the comedy of errors. Um, I
2: was going to say, it's not for comedy of yeah. errors.
0: <laughs> yeah, where there's, like... Ooh, or, or something with, like... I mean, I'm not a, I'm not a huge fan of the cherry flavor... But something with a cherry on it, like a daiquiri with two cherries for, ooh, for ooh, Midsummer. Ooh,
1: ooh. yeah, yeah, yeah! Like a, or I was just thinking about Merchant oh, of exactly. Venice and how it could be like a pina colada. Don't ask me why, except that the color is white, and if you put a little cherry in it, it's like the pound of flesh kind of. Anyway, mm,
0: I was oh. thinking. I was thinking the two cherries connected by one stem metaphor that Hermia uses with her and Helena. That I like that. That could work oh. for the daiquiri for for Midsummer. I'm actually going to be reading, I'm going to be reading as Portia in a, uh, a Merchant of Venice reading, uh, led by an actor named Roger Lipson, who's based up in New York on December 12th, I think. Um, and you know, I really struggle with Merchant. I don't know anyone who doesn't. Um, and Portia is one of those characters who like fascinates me, but I don't, I don't love her because she's a, you know, white, racist, privileged, you know, kind of disaster human. But I'm very excited to read it with, you know, with a company of actors, most of whom I've never met and don't know very well. Um, and just like hear the full play. Because I don't know that I ever have, like, I've I've read it the whole thing many times, but I don't know that I've ever heard the whole play. Because um, every production I've ever seen has like cut, cut it, you know, substantially and done pretty radical things with it. Um, which the director in me loves, but the the sort of Shakespearean me is like, so what's really going on? And I'm just excited
1: to, you know, I'm excited to experience that. Yeah. I, I, um, I have mixed feelings about the, the plays content. Yeah. And I tend to find myself, um, in most enjoying productions that just like show it, you know, it's not like they're, it, it obviously I, I don't expect that the actors and directors like love the content either um requiring, you know, like put using the play as a mirror for for current society, whatever, you know, racism and sexism and and those kinds of things, I think is is I find myself enjoying those those things. And it makes me think of a cocktail that would be like a bloody Mary with a lot of like meat in it. Yeah. You know? It's you know
2: I think Titus Andronicus has to be a bloody Mary.
0: Yeah. That's
2: true. Has to be.
0: With a lot of spice, like a really spicy Bloody Mary, because that throw those Bloody
2: jalapenos all in yeah. there. Yeah,
1: we have a we
2: have Some a cocktail.
1: Uh, so there, there's a we have a rum here in North Carolina. It's made by the Raleigh Rum Company. I want to say it is a Carolina Reaper. Oh yes, rum. and it is it's like infused with Carolina Reaper, which used to be the spiciest pepper.
2: Now there's one in the one world, and now it's that been has been replaced like by something a else. Number
1: but uh it's it's um it's super spicy it is the spiciest
0: so what are some good rum based drinks cuz i don't drink rum um
2: mojitos that'd be a good comedy one maybe like okay mojito i'm thinking for 12 tonight
1: yeah it's got like ground up nice. mint which is kind of mm-hmm. winter timey feeling and
0: See, I was, yeah, I was thinking.
1: It's
2: like kind of I, light.
0: I think, I think it's, I think a mojito is Winter's Tale. Mm. Because it's like, because it's got the, it's got the rum, the spice, the kind of summery, you know, um, brightness of like a bohemia and the, a comedy genre, but it's got the, like the mint and it's, it's rum. So it's, it is a little bit darker, a little bit heavier to get that, like those first three acts of tragedy, you know, in Cecilia. Um, I feel like you can drink a mojito in winter and you can drink a mojito in the summer. I like that. Yeah. I dig it. Now I just really... And now I've run out of ideas. I just want to get a mojito. <laughs> um, I love to
2: them in the summer and my mint is dead now, so I cannot, so... I have to wait till it grows back. I could just buy mint, but it's so much nicer when it comes straight out of your yard. Yeah, that's true. Something special.
0: Um, I'm wondering like, so I love, I love grapefruit and, and lime. Like those are like, like really like harsh, bright citruses or like, that's my favorite thing. So I'm wondering mm-hmm. like, where would like, where would like a Greyhound, like a grapefruit and vodka, go would that be like it's I it's very pink so I feel like we got to have like a female driven comedy like would that be like an as you like it
1: I like that for as you like it yeah it's like Mm -hmm. sharp Mm -hmm. bitty forward yeah it's got I always think grapefruit tastes like black pepper and uh it's got some peppery yeah stuff in it
0: and it's pink girl
1: power girl power
0: yeah I would do I would do a greyhound for as you like it I think a lot of um uh I'm working on you know a lot of restoration right now and I feel like a lot of those cocktails would need to have like champagne floats on top you know for that that fizz, that sting right in your nose, but also the like kind of bougie, <laughs> like the the bougie implications of champagne. Um, uh, that you would have like maybe a, like a bog standard cocktail, like, mimosa. Like a mimosa. You yeah, like a mimosa, like some some like champagne no, no, infused infused into it somehow. Um, uh, yeah, because I the and especially the way the carbonation like can like get in your nose like that's really somehow <laughs> apt for the way those characters talk. Um, it can, like, it can just like clog up your senses. Um, and it's very, and it's all very like effervescent and, um, all the characters are, are just trying to be like, they're trying to out, be like out charming against each other. Um, and, and there's something just so like snobby and high society about it that I think, I think champagne is like a go-to ingredient. Um. I don't know what to do with the histories. because um, I would wanna d I would, would want to drink
1: old fashioned. Sorry, that was a yeah. joke.
0: Yeah, honestly. I mean like uh, the, in the Henry ad they're always talking uh, about maybe Falsoff's always talking about sack. So like I do think wine, you know, like a m like a mulled wine or like a cider for some of those yeah. some of those older ones. King John has always struck me as a guy that would drink, like, burgundy wines, like, all the time. Like, he would be so snobby about his wine collection. Uh Speaking
2: of wine, I had a very good one for my birthday.
0: Yay! So,
2: I'm a huge fan of the 19 Crimes wines, which is one of those, like, Australian imports, but we found one that is, like, aged for 30 days in a rum barrel, but it's a, a... Cabs off and it's so good wow. like you can taste the rum so i don't know maybe that can go in one of your histories
0: i like that i mean i think i think red wine is a particularly apt for king john because there's so much blood it's just like mm-hmm. the color the color kind of works also i think that if constance of Brittany was alive today she would absolutely be a wine mom you know like mm-hmm. that you know that seems right to me um when I, saw, when I saw Liliana Blaine Cruz's incredible Henry Four Part One at the Oregon Shakespeare Festival in 2017, um, they set it fully in its full, sort of fully contemporary London. And there was a kind of ongoing visual motif with Hal and a bottle of Jack Daniels, um, where we sort of saw his relationship to responsibility change over the course of the play in direct proportion to his relationship to this bottle of Jack Daniels that prostitutes were always offering him when he went back to the tavern, which was a, a, a what do you call it? A strip club. Um, and so um, that was a really useful, like he, he knocked back a, a whole glass of like four fingers of it before the end of their act one, which was right when Hal decides like, yeah, I'm going to go, talk to my father, um, Mrs. Mistress quickly came over and like poured him a glass and gave it to him and just kind of stroked his hair and like hummed a lullaby as he drank it. Um and uh and then later when he came in in his like military fatigues to go to war, like she tried to offer it to him again. He sort of, he first he sort of shook his head, then he set it down. Then at one point he grabbed it and almost drank it, and then he didn't. And it was just it was very useful. It was a very useful way of tracking what was going on in his head because that character so often is performing and isn't really saying what he's thinking about things um, but based on his relationship to the prop we got an idea of like where he was gonna place his loyalties and so now like Jack Daniels is just sort of <laughs> inextricably linked to Henry 4 part 1 in my mind um, and yeah
1: this isn't a history play but speaking of inextricable links I mean one, one of the one of the drunkest nights I've ever had in my life was at the open-air theater in London watching um midsummer uh to a picture of pims number one cup and uh it was it was pretty it was pretty delightful if you don't know pims it's great if you like gin it's great i
2: do like gin i like whatever's in that blue bottle the blue gin bottle that's bombay
1: sapphire yes
2: that mm-hmm Plus it's a really pretty bottle, you know.
1: I tried to replicate it by ordering another pitcher of Pim's number one cup when I went back some number of years later and saw uh, Much Ado About Nothing, and it was not the same.
2: Wasn't the right drink,
1: yeah, or wasn't the right play. I don't know,
0: yeah. Some of those memories wrong, you, can't, you just can't replicate them.
1: That's true. I think about the history plays sometimes, and I and and because of the the the, all of the sort of nationality-based characters, mm-hmm. it makes me think of things like, like Guinness and Irish whiskey and mm-hmm. things of that nature, and that makes me think of a great combination, which is Jameson's um, Taskmates. They call it, I think. They have oh, an yeah, IPA that so sort of uh, I didn't like IPA that one. whiskey. And then you drink it with an IPA at the same time, and it's really good. Like they work together, complementary. Like you like sip on one and sip on the other, and it's like it's like you're eating grass in a good way. And that makes me think of people like Owen Glendower and and those types. You know, mm-hmm. that was pretty tasty. Mm-hmm.
2: Is there room for a martini anywhere? I don't drink martinis, so I have a hard time piecing them to something. I
1: feel like Tymon of Athens is a martini drinker. Mm. Until he's not. And yeah. then he's, he's just drinking olive juice. Yeah.
2: <laughs> Gross.
0: Uh-huh. No, that's, that's apt. I mean, I think the the yeah. play that would, even though I'm not a fan at all, I think the play that would have really great cocktails would be Antony and Cleopatra because
2: mm-hmm. you can just get
0: kind of kind of like the restorations. You can just get so decadent with those because because uh, Antony and Cleopatra are such freaking hedonists that I just think that the, and and also she's so rich, you know, she's the Queen of Egypt. I just I think they would have really exciting, you know spicy delicious you know cocktails with all the best ingredients and probably really like spectacular colors they would they would be the ones to have those cocktails that like change color while you drink them oh yeah like or you like
2: have to set it on fire in front of your
0: eyes before you drink it I mean that nothing is more apt to me than a cocktail you have to set on fire because those characters are just setting themselves on fire in that play so that I think that that works um but I yeah I if I was going to go to a a club, Anthony and Cleopatra, would, would, they would be the hosts of the best club. Like, theirs would be the club you would want to go to.
2: I just see them at, like, the restaurant everyone's trying to get into in American Psycho.
0: <laughs> exactly.
2: <laughs> That's them. Mm-hmm.
0: I think, a, I think a gin and tonic, like, per- personally, I think a gin and tonic is Twelfth Night. Hmm.
1: I think Hamlet is just a bunch of Jaeger shots. That may be the the German connection.
0: <laughs> yeah. But uh, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. lots of Jager. Mm-hmm. I could see it. Yeah, I don't. I thing. don't know. Like, I, don't, I really don't understand the character of Hamlet at all. But I, I do believe. <laughs> I do believe he has a very unhealthy relationship to alcohol.
2: He has a very unhealthy relationship to everyone and everything. Yes. I
0: think completely, completely.
1: He just reminds me of like all 38 year old men that i know and so if you're not one i get not getting it
2: i'm not one and my Mm -hmm. husband's got eight more years before we're there
0: i (laughs) hope that's not what we're walking into yeah
2: i know i was like oh god i don't know if we want to get to that point Mm
1: -hmm. but a cool hamlet drink would be like one that that it's got the dry ice effect or something. It's got, you know, like, these That would be fun.
0: What are other plays with magic? I feel like dry ice, you need something kind of magic.
1: Julius Caesar would be great. would be a great one. Yeah. Lots of ghosts in lots Julius of ghosts. Caesar. Mm-hmm. That works. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And it's just a cocktail with, like, lots of those swords, like, poked into.
2: You put, like, the cherry and, like, the little sword. Yeah, but
0: you have, like, eight in there. Yeah. Eight, like, little floating glass. Yeah. Mm-hmm.
2: So they're just decapitated heads. That's really what they are. <laughs> I'm sorry. You could do
1: cocktails based on characters too. Like you could, like Cassius could be just like uh, some sort of dark and brooding liquid in this skinniest glass you can imagine. Fireball. It has a lean and hungry look.
0: Fireball. No, I feel like Fireball is like. Fireball is Tibble. Fireball is hot supper. Oh, that's funny. Fireball, hot you know, like, Fireball is, is those, those, like, Yeah, like, the, the
1: adolescent characters who have tempers and, and no judgment.
0: And daddy issues. All the cats Specifically daddy issues. Like, Laertes. Like, Laertes, I think, is a, is a, is Fireball. Um, mm. Whereas Ophelia is, like, is, like, gin. Water. Well, <laughs> Gin and lavender essence, like something with flowers, like it needs to be floral, like rose water.
1: Floral, and the way you drink it is you stick your head into it and drink all you can. Yeah, um, Rosalind. Well, and we could talk about cocktails in plays, like wine with an onion in it. That's just the Gertrude. I think we called that the Gertrude.
0: Oh, god.
2: That sounds disgusting. That sounds so awful. Is that how we're supposed to feel about Gertrude?
1: No, no, no that's what she drinks and dies. Well,
2: I would it's die really if I drank that too, But they call I it think.
1: an onion. That could that's... be weird and 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 weird. Yeah. It could be weird.
0: I mean, it would it it would give another reason for her to be crying at the end of the play. <laughs> it's not just sad about her her son. She's and and her destroyed life. She's also you know in, inhaling onion fumes.
1: She dies from a, from a really bad cocktail.
2: A really bad cocktail. Sure.
1: Poison aside, it's just a really bad cocktail.
0: It just sounds awful. Um, I don't know. Is it more, I
2: don't know. I'm not a martini drinker. I don't like olives, and I'm like, that to me is gross. Yeah.
1: I could see martinis to, to a degree because of the olive factor in Othello, because that's so Mediterranean-based anyway. Mm-hmm. Can you, know, you
2: throw, or you could just go really drunk, good. and do like those fishbowl mixed drinks you get at the club.
1: Yeah, the, yeah, that's 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 kind of gross.
2: But that would probably go better in one of those shipwreck, mm-hmm. one of the shipwreck
1: plays. You could do for for any of those shipwreck plays that take place on an island, of a sort. You could you could totally do like a Long Island iced tea and just mm-hmm. replace the name of the island with. Whatever, wherever you are, nice you know, easy drink. I think a cypress, yeah, iced tea.
2: Front of house, we're giving you lots of ideas. For once, we're doing gatherings again.
0: I think that all the plays in Italy, and maybe this is just because my mom was in wine distribution, and so Italian reds are like they're very important to my family. But I feel like a lot of those comedies that take place in Italy, they just have to be drinking really good, you know, Italian red wine, like some really good. Sangiovese's. Like, I think that in in Much Ado, like, there's nothing that would be lost in that play by having Benedict and Beatrice holding glasses of red wine the entire time.
1: I think it might yeah, add. Except, I think Benedict probably mixes something stupid in them. Like everybody <laughs> else drinks drinks them like like wine is supposed to be had. He's but got Benedict's a like walking around with ice cubes in his wine. Yeah,
0: yeah. Like he's, <laughs> I think Sangria is exactly right, Jesse. Like, he's doing something... He's, he's being...
1: He's, he's bastardizing He's it. bastardizing
0: He's finding a way to be blasphemous to the wine itself. Yeah. Um, two Gentlemen of Verona could be, like, a red blend, right? Two things together, but mm-hmm. it's still Italy. Good rosé.
2: <laughs> I love a rosé. So do
0: I. <laughs> um, yeah, but it could be, like, a... It, it could be a, um, a, a red wine from the Verona region plus a red wine from the Milan region and it would be like a red blend of both. Now I really just want red wine.
1: And talk about it.
0: Are we missing any major alcohols? I feel like we've, we've hit most of them.
1: We've not done a lot of tequila. <gasps> no.
0: My fave. We
1: have, we have not. We oh, have I not stay made. away from that one. So we need, you know, It's got to be a play
0: with a lot of mistakes. They've got to be making mistakes. A lot of mistakes. Right, it's dangerous.
2: Prickly characters. Maybe like, their clothes are like, coming off. Like
0: a, mm-hmm. like a, like a cactus margarita, you know?
2: What's a cactus margarita? Just
0: a spicy one. Oh. <laughs> Definitely has got to be a comedy, but it's got to be a comedy with teeth.
1: Taming I feel like I've seen so many productions of Much Ado About Nothing set in, like, the Spanish-American War or the American West that, like, my brain has just gone there.
0: Yeah. I I also really like Jesse's Taming of the Shrew suggestion mm-hmm. for a really, like, sharp margarita. hmm Yeah. Taming of the Shrew is one of those plays I, I have no interest, really, and in never— ever working on it. like I, I do yeah but I do love margaritas so if I was going to work on taming I would incorporate that somehow um
1: okay make it hey Claire better. so what what about your favorite play loves labors what kind of cocktail uh, does it get
0: I feel like it has to be something that you I think like it has to be something you can drink while you're reading like a really good book Like, it has to have that, like, I can, you know, I can, this is my, this is my studying drink, but also you could, like, carry it outside and, like, watch a soccer game while holding it. Because that play, yeah, that play is all about
1: I also feel like it could be a cocktail with a very long recipe. Yeah. That you have to follow precisely. Precisely.
0: Mm -hmm.
1: And it's made by hipsters.
0: Absolutely. And that's one of the things I love about Love's Labors is... Just how how young and stupid all the characters are the young eight
1: couple smoked blueberry shrub and you like you like look at it with gin in mind but it doesn't have gin in it I don't know <laughs> a Spanish flair
0: yeah I mean I feel like i my my lack of cocktail knowledge is sort of becoming flagrantly apparent now. Um, they're only like. I'm like I don't know. I drink consistently. What um, does a
2: Spanish flair on a cocktail? I do
0: like I. It's gonna sound basic, but it's complex, which I feel like is Love's Labors. Right, like the plot could not be thinner, and yet the play is somehow very complex. Um, I I feel like a a really well made shaken Cosmo. Hmm. Also again and, for, like for that for that you know that kind of like bright, crisp pinkness <laughs> of a cosmo, but also like multiple fruits right lots of different ingredients and and it's like and and the the person who makes it like does the makes really the bartender does like crazy flips with the shake <laughs> when he's making it
1: Well, and I would say to to be fully appreciated, all the women drink it. And all of the men just talk while holding the glass.
0: Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I
1: think that works.
0: Yeah, I think so too. And except, I worked as a waitress outside of a country club, like at the pool outside of a country club one summer, and um, we had a we had a specialty Cosmo. It was very very pink, and it was made a very special way. And um, I had a group of young guys, and I say young, they're probably in their twenties. I was a teenager. Um, and they were laughing at the drink because I think it was called like love in the sun or something kind of stupid like that. But it was, it was romantic-esque. Um, and they were, I heard them laughing about it as I walked up and I was like, you know, what are you laughing at? And they're like, oh, you know, this just sort of dumb girl drink. And I was like, "Uh uh-huh. Okay. So I left, I went back to where the bartender was and I said, hey, will you make me one of the love in the suns? and put a little bit in, will you give me like four testers, like four little tiny glasses of it, like little shots. And he was like, why? And I was like, because I think I can get these guys to order four of them because there were four guys. Um, and it was the most expensive cocktail we had. It was like 8 $10 or something. And he was like, okay. So he made it. He put it in four little tiny taster glasses. I took it back out to the guys. They're like, what is this? I'm like, oh, your beers are coming, but this is the love in the sun. I just want you all to try it. They did, and then they ordered three rounds of it. So I ended up making twelve of them over the course of an afternoon because they loved it so much. So
1: love it. I love a pink drink. Yeah, I had many pink drinks on my honeymoons, and um, love it. I love them when they're blended. Yeah, mm. one of my favorite cocktails also is ju- is very simple. It's just amaretto and cream, and it's really good. It's called the toasted almond, and it's good. And I cannot think of a of a Shakespeare play that it fits with. Um, Except that it's tasty if you like amaretto. It's really good.
0: But I think, I think Love's Labor is where the guys get drop kicked by love and then like put in their place by women is the right play for a, a pink drink. That they and uh. they, then they finally taste it and they end up loving it.
2: Especially after your story. Yeah. That fits.
0: Um, amaretto and cream. Amaretto's the coffee flavored one, right?
1: It's Amaretto's like like it, it's sort of cherry. It, Amaretto comes from like uh, apricot yeah. seeds or something, or cherry seeds, one of the two. And it's a c- cousin of cyanide.
0: Oh my god! Like
1: cherry, cherry, cherry pits have cyanide in Like pits, in them. yeah. Like yeah. pretty much yeah. anything it's like a that cousin a pit
0: of it. Has so something with poison. Tricks, a Shakespeare play with poison, and a lot of uh, like, a lot of white people for the cream. I mean, that's most of them.
2: Yeah. Thought in Hamlet.
1: Yeah, they're all Danish.
2: Mhm. They're really white.
0: That could work. Mm. Because I think if you were going to do a, a Hamlet in like the modern day, like you, like a cyanide capsule would be an option for that. You know, that whole poison shtick of yeah. Claudius's.
1: Yeah. Romeo and Juliet. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know. Yep.
0: Although I don't, I think cream is wrong for a play that is so bright and vibrant and like hot. Like you don't, like if it's hot outside, you don't want to like be drinking something really heavy and milky, do you?
2: I need a cranberry vodka.
0: Yeah. I don't know. Is there, is there any like liquor that is specific to Italy? I only know wines.
1: I have no idea. Yeah, like, there are. I mean, I don't know. The, like, <laughs> like hazelnut liqueur is like Frangelico. It looks like an Italian monk. That could work. I don't know if it's actually Italian. I just know. <laughs> but they've got stuff. Actually, um, there's a there's a cocktail made by a former Sweet Tea actor. His name's Mike Rabb. He makes this thing called Scrapino. S G. S G R A P P I N O. And it's like, um, uh, limoncello mm. and lemon sherbet and like maybe a maybe a sparkling wine over <gasps> the top of it. And it's, um, it's like stupid good. It's so good that, so that I'm good. like, this should be the house cocktail of Sweet T Shakespeare when I taste it. <laughs> oh my
0: God. Because
1: it's like perfect. It's like lemonade y.
0: Yes. Um, oh.
1: But it is. So, and it doesn't taste like liquor in the best way, so you can dangerous. like it's super dangerous. Um, and it would be great for like an Italian setting, like it's it's perfect, um, you know, because lemonade's like the, the the counterbalance to the sweet tea, and uh, it's it's pretty tasty. You stick a little mint leaf in it or something, or basil leaf, mm. could be truly delightful. Yes, and it would be like a great Coriolanus kind of Italian with an edge, you know.
0: Wow that's not where my head went at all I mean maybe <laughs> huh yeah Coriolanus to me seemed just I feel like dark and heavy with Coriolanus like Coriolanus is where I would I would be busting out your you know your dark whiskeys, your amaretto sours. Maybe an amaretto sour. Yeah, I
1: do like an amaretto sour, too. Maybe. And that's, that's, that's like sharp and sweet at the same yeah, time. Yeah,
0: maybe an amaretto sour yeah, but
1: for Coriolanus. Some, some of my impression of Coriolanus has been colored by a lovely production at The Globe starring a man whose last name was Cake, Jonathan Cake, mm-hmm. and also starring the actor who played Jeffrey the butler in Fresh Prince of Bel-Air. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's like, it's, I don't know, I just have a uh, sort of bright, cheery. Breed on that play as a result of (laughs) those two very small things in my past.
0: Yeah, Yeah, Jonathan Cake is a very warm actor. So
1: yeah, he's got he's got one of the best noses ever made on (laughs) being. He's got a great nose. Fair enough. It's a great nose.
0: What's the what's the limoncello lime one your friend made what's it called this z- sc- good scrapino, scrapino. scrapino. Mm-hmm.
1: it's it's just fantastic
0: it sounds so good but I wonder like that to me it sounds very whimsical
1: mm. so I'm, I'm <laughs> thinking
0: I'm in my head when you said Corey Linus, I was going literally the other direction I was thinking like a cymbeline oh sure like a fairy tale play Lemony Lemony yeah like 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 there's acid there is a, a sharpness and a brightness because it's lemon but also like it's you know it's it's sweet there's sherbet, there's the bubbles of you know the the floating champagne. like the Scrapino sounds very restoration, but to me it also sounds very like very cymbeline. like I, I would happily mm. drink that while watching an outdoor production you know of Cymbeline. I just want to
1: taste it. It sounds amazing. It does sound really good. It's really amazing. When he comes back into town, I think he's in California now. I think he lives, well, he lives in California, but he comes back every now and again. And so next time he's in town, after you arrive, I'll have him make it for us.
2: Sounds great.
0: I think we we made a good attempt at this.
1: Yeah. You covered a lot. You did pretty well.
0: We touched on a lot of plays, a lot of alcohols.
2: I felt like it was a brain exercise for me personally.
0: <laughs> so, yeah, I think that's, I think we, I think we can, we can say that we made a good stab at it and go forth and make cocktails for ourselves now.
1: Yeah, I'm going to spend the week experimenting. Mm-hmm. Sounds good. I've been inspired. But first, I'm going to go to rehearsal for Behold. So... Have fun. Have you fun. Know,
0: yeah, I'm. Talk go, t- t- for now. I'm going to go to a production meeting, so you know we'll we'll reconvene soon. Jesse, what are you up to? I'm
2: going to go feed my dogs. Nice. Guinness keeps reminding me it's almost dinner time.
0: Yeah. Well, thanks for being here, both. To anyone who is listening, thanks for watching, and we'll see you next time. Bye. Thank you for joining us here at the Sweet Tea Shakespeare Hours. Your support and belief in us keeps our magic alive. We pride ourselves on transforming any contribution into a meaningful one. Whether it's $5 or $20, we will transform it into something delightful. Please visit patreon.com slash sweet to join our community of monthly sustainers. There are always great surprises and little joys to be found for those who take part.